sadly, Mexico is not thinking about technology. Mexico will recycle technology. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast, a place where we snack about interesting topics in sports, business, technology, and everything in between. Let's get to it! Today's halftime snack. It is my pleasure to host Eduardo Chabot. Eddie is a football genius. He always gets to impress me with the massive amount of knowledge he has on soccer and sports in general. He writes for online sports journal and hosts a weekly show on national radio called Balones al Aire in Mexico City. He recently started a podcast called Historias del Balón, where you can learn about the connection between the past and the present of different soccer teams around the world. This man is known for his love for soccer, and he's here to talk with us about the future of Mexican football. It is my honor to introduce you on this halftime snack to the one and only Eddie Chabot. What's up, let, let, Let's make clear that I'm half as good as you have presented me, no, for the public to know. But yes, it's my pleasure to be here with you, Ronen, in this incredible podcast that you have created. Thank you very much for uh, taking my invitation with no hesitation. And how about we start off, you know, I was checking out some interesting soccer statistics. And for what I saw before the coronavirus, the Liga in Mexico was the sixth league in the world with the highest average attendance, right behind the big five leagues in Europe. It looks like the Liga MX is very popular locally. The first question that pops into my mind is if you think that the Mexican league is the sixth best league in the, in the world in terms of quality and popularity, and why? I would love to say that it is running, but, but I will be lying and I don't want to lie. Sadly, the relationship between the attendance at the stadiums and the quality, it's not, it's not, it's not a, a good relationship. Um, in Mexico, soccer is one of the, the biggest interests, especially in, in cities like Monterrey, Guadalajara, because it's one of the most popular things to do, like to go to the stadium, to watch the games. But in terms of quality, I think we're not even in the first 10, 15 leagues. Uh, sadly, Mexico has a big problem in this area because we don't have anyone to compare to, because we will should be getting in this topic later, but we don't compete in the Copa Libertadores, we don't compete with anything uh, more than the MLS teams that sadly they are not in, in the Mexico team level yet. So we think that we are great, we think that our soccer is incredible, and then we go to the World Cup and we we'll do what we always do, that it's lost in the second round. So I don't think we're the sex best league. Uh, I don't think we are, like I said, even in, in, the, in the best of the world because we don't compete, we don't have even a good uh, competition system. Mexico has this uh, Liguilla that it's like the playoffs. Before this uh, pandemic, there were eight teams that qualified for the, for the playoffs. For this season, there are 12. That means that 12 from the 18 teams will be in the playoffs and that, of course, 
take um, some interest because you want to see the best. The playoffs are made to see the best teams of, the, of that year play between them. When you have 12 of 18, you lose a lot of interest. This has to be with uh, the, the economic subject here in Mexico with the, with the federation. They want, uh, obviously, the, the Liguilla, the playoffs have more, uh, has more audience in, in, in television. So they obviously uh, want to have that. But in terms of quality, you're talking, we don't have relegation anymore. So we don't have that. We don't have competition between uh, different places. What, what I mean by that is in, in Premier League, you have Liverpool winning the league by 20 points for, uh, for Manchester City. That was the second best team. But then you have Chelsea and Wolverhampton playing to see which team goes to champions, which team goes to Europe League, and which team doesn't go to, to, to any European competition. So you have more than just the title to, to fight for. And in Mexico, you don't have anything. That's very interesting, Eddie. And so what do you think the Liga MX has to do? What, what do they need to, do, to create or what do they need to do more to become as enjoyable and as popular worldwide as the big five leagues in Europe? I think there, there are two main subjects. One is that they think a lot about short term and not about long term. They want results immediately. We say, they say, uh, let's make these playoffs with many teams and we have more, more money. But they don't see that if Mexico could uh, invest their time, if the Federation invests their time in uh, talking to the Conmebol and getting to have another uh, place in Copa Libertadores and to let Mexico expand and to be watched from the outside, that will help Mexico because people will want to see the, the, the Mexico League. I, I mean, Mexico plays the CONCACAF Champions League. No one saw that. Uh, even the, the Mexican, if, if it's not your team that it's playing, you will not see it because it, it's not enjoyable. And any, no one knows about this until the Mexican team goes to the Club World Cup. As this last year, no, Monterrey wants that cup, wants, uh, uh, went to the, to the Club World Cup and played against Liverpool and was tying until minute 89. And there is where people said, hey, from where is this team? Where is this league? We can see what's there. But if you don't have that a, a big world to see you, you can't uh, grow. And if you love to, to live in mediocrity like Mexico does in soccer, it's hard to, to be popular and to, to have fans around the world, especially if you don't play against other nations. Do you think that you know, taking the mentality out of being mediocre and like that's that's some of the things that they need to stop doing or do less to, you know, raise the quality standard to become worldwide? That's one one point to, to have like a, this a worldwide competition. And the other thing is to change the system because you have not only one, but two tournaments in a year. You have every five, year, five months a, a, a tournament and you don't have... Uh, time or the coaches don't have the time to create or to have to give the their essence to the to the team no you 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 can't rely in the young guys because if you don't do don't give results in in two three weeks you're out and another coach can so it's it's hard to have a, a, a weekly program or to, to have a, a, these uh, coaches that wants to, to, to do something big because if you don't give results you will 
they won't give time to the young players because they need the stars to bright so the team goes well and I don't lose my job. So Mexico has a big issue there because you don't have time or you don't give time to them to, 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 to do what they want. Even if you see statistics, Mexico have two sub-17 World Cup titles. World Cup. And what happened to the players? They don't get to play because Mexico teams don't let them play because it, it, they don't have the time to let them play and to, to improve because I need results now. I can't have one or two bad seasons uh, but giving these guys the time to grow because I will lose my job. I think, I think it's very interesting to see how they have two competitions in one year, right? We, because we see Premier League, we see Liga, we see Bundesliga, and they only have one tournament a year, right? That it's, it, it takes them the whole year, right? It's either 34, 38 games where they play. And, you know, it's like a whole condensed package of, of, of games, and, right? And, and maybe making two of those, you make them more like weak, each one of them, instead of making one strong tournament, you make two that are very, like, average, right? Of course, but the, the problem there is if you do this system for a year, people won't see the first 20 games because there will be the playoffs later. And what I want to see in the first 20 games, I don't care. If now people don't want to see the first eight, nine weeks because what is important is the playoffs, <laughs> doing for a year it, it's harder uh, something that it's doing another league that it's growing or during this time is the Liga Balompié Mexico or Mexicana and this league what we'll do is having the first place of the competition as champion also the playoffs and the champion of that playoffs if it's not the first place that it will be the same will play against that first champion to have a real champion, no? And I think that that's what Mexico needs to do. That's the improvement that we need uh, besides this uh, worldwide uh, play, besides playing against uh, another team's nations, like in Copa Libertadores. They need to uh, change how we see this competition and to improve, uh, to, to let the fans want to see this, to see that in my mind, the first place from, for, for the last five weeks, I'm I'm close to be the champion because here you can go in the first place all season long and at the playoffs the eighth seed uh, get you out and you lose everything and that's not even fair and that's not even um, entertaining for people. That, that's I, I really like that you speak about change and I want us to talk a little bit more about the role of innovation about you know bringing uh, changing for good so. My question is, are there any innovation projects being financed by the Mexican Federation in soccer and maybe in other sports as well? Is there any sort of mentality around innovation? I'm glad you, you asked about uh, in another sport because you can see that in basketball, the best team in Mexico is Los Capitanes. And what they do, they achieve to let them play in the G League, the second division of the NBA. But, but in soccer, you don't have that. You, you see how another federation of another sport that is not even as popular as soccer in Mexico do things right to, to improve players, to give them the, the, the opportunity to play against the best. And in Mexico, in, in, in soccer, you, you don't because you just think about business now. We need money. We, we, we need it now. 
we can't think about having great players so another people wants our league to, to be broadcast in their country. We don't think about that and, and that's a, a big issue. I think uh, Mexico has a lot of problems uh, at understanding that and as Mexico, I talk about the federation because even as the quantity of uh, foreign players that we have, there's always this belief that if we had less foreign players, most Mexican players would, will uh, explode and, and show that we can. And I don't think that it's even true. You, you have uh, Tigres, that it's one of the best teams, with a lot of great foreign players. André Pierre from France, Edu Vargas from Chile, uh, I can go on, you know, Guido Pizarro from Argentina. And the Mexican players that play in Tigres are the best in the in the country, you have Javier Aquino. Every Mexican player that plays in Tigres, it's in the Mexican selection, in the national team. Uh, also in Monterrey, they have uh, for, uh, Rogelio Funes Mori from Argentina, Dorlan Pavón from Colombia, Vincent Johnson from the Netherlands. So the Mexican players that play there have to train with these big stars, have to learn from them, and then they improve. Uh, the problem here is when you have another teams that have 11, 12 foreign players that are as bad as... as a Mexican in, in, in their 15 years. So why, and you have to let him play because we pay a lot of money for him. So I won't let the Mexican young player to, to play because we pay a lot for this player that is not even as good as the Mexican young guy, but I need to let them play the other. It sounds like Mexicans in the Federation, they have a very short term view. They don't, they don't think about long term. They don't think about like projects that will compound uh, throughout the years. And they also, it also sounds like they, they focus a lot on the money. It's more like a business than a, a sport. What, what do you think about that? I think every league or every sport, professional sport, it's a business, but you have to, 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 to make a balance between how I want my sport to grow to be like a, a trademark for my country and how much I want the, the, the business to grow. Sometimes you have both growing at the same time. I know maybe maybe La Liga Española. No, this time uh, the players are improving, but also they are being watching Marruecos. So, so you will grow the, the quality, but also the trademark. In Mexico, they don't think about the, 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 the sport. They say, how can we make more money? And, and they even fool the, the, the fans. We, we don't compare ourselves to any other nations more than the USA that sadly, I love the MLS, but the, the level of their soccer is not even close to the Mexican yet. So we think we are great because we don't have games against other countries. And then we go to the World Cup and yes, we can beat anyone. This is the year. And that's where reality punches no, in the face. Because the reality is Mexico can't improve if we don't see our problems. I, I will do like a, a metaphor as the national team. Mexico loves to have a, a friendly games against low-level national teams. As we think, we're great. I mean, we're winning every game. Yes, of course, because we're playing about uh, against the, the, the worst teams in, in, Mexico, in, in Central America. But when we play against Belgium, against France, we see that we're not as good as we think we are. Wow, that's, that's a really interesting point of view. And, you know, since, since the Half-Time Snacks is also about technology, 
I wanted to ask you about some of the technologies being applied in Mexican football. Are there any interesting ones? I know maybe, for example, the VAR is something maybe they use. If not, then which technology should they be using? Or what's, what's your opinion about that? I think the VAR, it's, it was a great acquisition for, for Mexican soccer. They have their problems like in any other league. You know, the, the debate and the controversy is not over by having the VAR. But uh, there are other technologies, like the Premier League has the hot eye. No, Mexico doesn't have because it's too expensive. But I think Mexico is doing a, a great decision but not having it because it's not, you will not use it many times. How many goals you have to see if the ball uh, completely goes in. Uh, so, so I understand that. But sadly, Mexico is not thinking about technology. Mexico will recycle technology. By this, I mean, uh, we will wait to another first soccer class to to make something and we will not steal it, but take it also or, or create that same, same thing. I think uh, something that has to be with technology and that it's all around the world, it's like this, uh, like the book Moneyball or the movie, uh, to, that, that teams are starting to, to have these people that's, that, that see things that coaches don't see and that say, hey, we need, I don't know, uh, a midfielder that can do 85% of their passes correct. And they go to, to these technology apps where they see which players meet their requirements and the price of that player to, to see which um, acquisition I need to do. And Mexico is trying to do that. Many, many teams or, or first-class teams, I, I, I say this because in Mexico you have four or five teams, that is America, Cruz Azul, Monterrey, Tigres, maybe Leon, that are above of the other teams. It's very like an unfair society, even in money and in quality. So these teams started to, to have this, like uh, in Mexico, they are called intelligence center no for, for the teams where they search the players that they need based not on what they see on the field but what the stats said so i think that's how technology is uh, impregnate in in mexican soccer now is a good time to ask you what can we expect from the mexican football in the future what what do you think will happen what do you think might need to happen what where is the mexican football going to the bottom of everything. I would love to say that it's that it will grow and that we will be uh, soon in the Copa Libertadores and that Mexico will improve. Uh, I think the the bad part is that Mexico has not plans to change their business model. They will keep having this uh, short-term thinking about having more money and we don't care if the Mexican players don't have much time in the league. We need money we, and we need it now. We need playoffs. I don't care if it's with 12 teams out of the 18. We need because we have more audience at, at that stage. And if we can have fans in stadiums, they will go more to a playoff game that they go to, to a regular season game. Uh, but that, that's, that's the, the bad part. The good one is that I think somehow the globalization is giving the 
good Mexican players, the, one, the, the, the ones that can uh, show themselves, the opportunity to go out. And I mean this because uh, besides Pachuca that, that has a great uh, young team and they have Chucky Lozano going to, to Europe, they have a, a, now a Eugenio Pisuto that this week he, he went to France. Uh, you have another teams like America that Diego Lainez played for one year and he went to Europe. Raul Jimenez, no, uh, the, the possibility to have Mexican players in Europe are much bigger than before, obviously. And that can make the difference because Edson Alvarez, it's another player, a young player from America that went to Ajax. Ajax is a team that really cares about the young players, about their performance, about their growth. So I think if you have, I don't want to say this, but if Mexican good players can leave Mexico to become the big stars that they can be for the national team, they can be, uh, there can be a possibility to, to grow because you have the stars that are playing outside that are growing like it has to be, to be better. So I think that that's the, the good position for the Mexican soccer. Well, I think uh, that's a great place to end our conversation, Eddie. I want to thank you for bringing your brain of amazing football insights and you know your expertise on Mexican football. And thank you for coming on today's Halftime Snack. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Ronen. I, I love your podcast. I really endorse people to, to keep listening to this incredible relationship be between technology and sports. It's incredible. I'm sorry for my English, but I think it's great. Thank you very much, Ronen. I have a great time. Before you leave, I want to thank you for listening. To hear this or any other halftime snack, check out the full archive on my website, which you can find on the show notes. See you next week!